Blog Talk Radio. Friday, everybody. Welcome to the Michael Cutler Hour. I am your host, Michael Cutler. It is April the 20th, 2018. Spring is supposedly here, but for those of us in New York City, maybe not so much. I hope all of you have had a great week. I hope things are going well in your world. And I thank you so much for joining me at the end of the week so we can play that inevitable game of catch up with at least some of what's going on. We only have an hour. We can't cover everything that's going on, but I do thank you for joining me. Those of you who are familiar with me, familiar with who I am and what I am up to, the mischief that I've been creating, I'm a retired senior special agent of what used to be the Immigration and Naturalization Service, the INS, an agency that was sliced, diced, mutilated, and... uh, cut into little pieces and folded under the umbrella of the Department of Homeland Security, DHS. Uh, Of course, under the prior two administrations, I came to call DHS the Department of Homeland Surrender. And for good reason, the immigration crisis got far worse, far, far worse under both the alleged stewardship of George W. Bush and certainly under Barack Obama. Today, Donald Trump seems to be doing, be trying to do the right thing, but get it, he's getting a lot of pushback, not surprisingly, from both sides of the aisle, not just the Democrats. Uh, and we're going to get into that in a bit. But um, let me begin also by telling you about some websites I very much want you to check out. First of all, my own personal website. Obviously, that's going to be my favorite website, Michael Cutler, C-U-T-L-E-R, michaelcutler.net. I also write for The Social Contract. In fact, they just published a booklet that I wrote. I believe it's 34 pages long. It's a pocket-sized booklet, and uh, it's kind of like the old Constitution that they used to give out in in class that was provided by an insurance company. Uh, I don't know that they even do that anymore, but I remember those little booklets with the Constitution that I've seen newer editions. It's about that size, and it focuses on immigration fraud three forms of immigration fraud. You may be wondering what they are, so I'll tell you. We have document fraud, you know, people with documents or people who are using other people's documents, for example, birth certificates and um, uh, marriage licenses, marriage certificates, diplomas, also ID that may be counterfeited, may be photo substituted where they put their photo in place of someone else's, or perhaps Um, where they got legitimate documents from the appropriate agencies by concealing their identities or other uh, things in their background that would otherwise prevent them from being able to get those documents. And then, of course, we have uh, fraud schemes, and we've all seen it in the movies, you know, the marriage fraud, that kind of business. Well, there's a third kind of fraud also, and that's the fraud being foisted on the American people by the news media, and by the politicians from both sides of the aisle, not because they lean left or right, but because they lean globalist. That's the issue. The whole point with Donald Trump's campaign was that it pushed the notion, what a quaint notion at that, of national sovereignty. Boy, nothing strikes 
fear and anger into the hearts of the globalists more than that one word of sovereignty. Uh, I was at a hearing and a guy that was affiliated with the U.S. Chamber of Horrors. Did I say Chamber of Horrors? That must have been Freudian. Chamber of Commerce, same difference, told me that while I, Mike Cutler, I saw those borders of the United States as America's first and last line of defense, he saw those borders as an impediment to great wealth, his wealth and the wealth of his cronies. And he told me that I needed to stop talking about border security because if they would only stop the nonsense, as he called it, he could make lots more money probably right. And after all, the funeral homes need more business. You know, the globalists are far more concerned with head counts on airplanes and in sports arenas and theaters than they are with body counts in the morgue. And that's exactly what I told him. And I'll spare you some of the other stuff that I told him. The lunacy is that if you read the 9-11 commission report, and again, those of you familiar with me know that I provided testimony to the 9-11 commission, First and foremost, 9-11 was made possible only by multiple failures of the immigration system. Just stop and think about it. If the 9-11 Commission had a focal point where if they could fix it, 9-11 wouldn't have happened. It was the way the terrorists entered the United States and were able to hide in plain sight. In the jargon of the Commission, the embedding process. They used 364 false names, these 19 terrorists. 364 false names or variations of false names to conceal their identities and to conceal their movements. And you have cities around the country, including New York City, the city that gets the lion's share of the counterterrorism money because we are the number one target when we give out municipal ID to hundreds of thousands of aliens who are not undocumented. I heard Governor Cuomo thumping the podium and thumping his chest saying, I am undocumented. Come and deport me. Come and get me. I am undocumented. Folks, that word doesn't even exist. Undocumented is an artifice. Not, I consider myself, to be blunt about this, being politically correct. My understanding of political correctness is that you don't use language that's insulting or humiliating or denigrating about other human beings. I agree totally with that. All decent people should agree with that. This is not about political correctness, folks. It's about Orwellian. Human beings think in words. If you alter words, you alter the thought process. Thought control through language control. That's why censorship is so dangerous. That's why the Founding Fathers established the First Amendment as the amendment of free speech. Why in the world do you think the people on those college campuses are preventing anybody with a different viewpoint to speak because they are afraid that if they have to confront the truth, they, the anarchists, the communists, the totalitarians, uh, their version of the story won't handle, won't, won't stand up to the truth, to the light of day. So the trick for them is to shut down debate. So you only get one choice, their choice because they can't win the debates and they know it. That's why you're seeing this attack on the First Amendment. Shut down debate, you shut down discussion, you shut down free speech, you shut down free thought. And that is something that goes 180 degrees in opposition to their totalitarian goals. Don't ever mistake 
political correctness for Orwellian newspeak. That is what we are being inundated with in the mainstream media, by the politicians, by the globalists. There's a lot of money involved here, trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars. And they don't care about the body count. Dead bodies on the path to totalitarianism in their world are speed bumps. Speed bumps. So when I hear people talk about left versus right, I have to laugh. I sometimes see comments to my articles on Front Page Magazine. Oh, it's the commies. They're at it again. Folks, it's both sides of the aisle. It's the globalists. Of course the communists are at it again. They're totalitarians. Communism isn't just an economic system. It's a political system. It's a totalitarian system where the government owns the methods of production and controls the economy. And we can go through a whole list, but we're not going to have that lesson in political science today. But please understand what the objective is. It's to shut down debate. Don't deceive yourself. Don't tell yourself, oh, well, if someone's a conservative, he's on the right side of this. Not necessarily so. Not necessarily so. I've heard globalists like Ted Cruz, whose wife is on the um, Council on Foreign Relations, wanting to take down the borders. Ted Cruz wanted a five-fold increase in the number of H-1B visas. Let's put more American high-tech workers out of work. Let's take those ton of money getting those degrees in the STEM curricula, science, technology, engineering, math. Let's make sure they never get a job. Not unless they're willing to accept third world wages. When you import enough third world workers who bring with them third world expectations of wages and working conditions, then America, folks, becomes indistinguishable from a third world country. The goal is to destroy the wage structure of middle class America. Read it in George Orwell. Go and read 1984. It's an eye opener. I know so many people have told me, read this book and read that book. If you want to understand what's happening with the media, with everything, it's a relatively short book. It's an eye-opening book. It's 1984 by George Orwell. Please take the time. It'll just take you a few hours. Read the book. You will never listen to the nonsense being spewed in the mainstream media the same way ever again. This is about thought control through language control. So when we hear this nonsense that aliens are on the border or undocumented, that's a lie. How did he enter? He entered undocumented. It's not even a verb. What what does that mean? What does it mean? He entered without inspection. When I was an INS agent, if my boss walked by my desk and I was processing some person that I had arrested, my boss might say to me, well, who did you arrest, Mike? And I might say, well, I got an EWI from Argentina. EWI, E-W-I, entrant without inspection. I didn't say I arrested an undocumented. That's an absurdity. And you know what's so remarkable is Chuck Schumer, one of the eight gangsters, the ringleader, I would argue, the architect of the agricultural amnesty of the 86 Reagan disaster, both sides of the aisle. And I don't want anyone saying, well, Reagan said it was his biggest mistake. I don't buy that. I don't buy it. In fact, um, and I I had my disagreements with with O'Reilly when he was on Fox News. But he had made a whole big point about how much research he did and couldn't find a single quote attributable to Ronald Reagan, at least publicly, where he said this was a big mistake. The people who worked for Reagan have all said this was a big mistake. But understand that the Reagan amnesty included a provision whereby people who worked on farms were able to get lawful status. And the ramrod behind that lunacy 
was Chuck Schumer. Chuck Schumer was at the time my congressman representing Brooklyn. There's no farms in Brooklyn. This was a stunt to flood America with more foreign workers. Um, and, and we can go down the whole list about what this was all about. But it's the same Schumer who says that when, we, when someone comes across that border illegally, basically trespassing, let's use that word. That's a real word. That describes what we're talking about. When someone trespasses on America, Schumer said, well, that person now has earned a place of citizenship. Never mind, we give out a million uh, naturalization certificates. We naturalize roughly a million new citizens every year. People who enter the country illegally deserve citizenship. There's a provision in the Immigration Act that says you must possess good moral character to become a citizen. Not enough that you've never been arrested or convicted. You must possess good moral character. How in the world do you demonstrate good moral character when the first breath of air you took while standing on American soil represented a time when you were here illegally from day one? Or you came on a visa and violated the visa? That's not good moral character. Okay? But the same Chuck Schumer says that when people trespass on critical infrastructure or national landmarks, we need a federal law to make that a five-year felony to stop people from doing it, to deter people from trespassing. Put them in jail for five years. And if you go to Schumer's website, it's right up there. He even talked about a 16-year-old kid who had climbed the tower of the World Trade Center that was under construction um, to be built at ground zero about how dangerous this was. So I presume that Schumer would have taken that 16-year-old kid and put him in jail for up to five years. Of course, if he's an illegal alien coming across the border, we call them a dreamer. And then he would say, let's give him citizenship. The this blows my mind, especially when you look at the 9-11 Commission report that said that border security is basically national security, that national security depends on our ability to keep terrorists and others out of the country who would do us harm. But in the twisted world of Chuck Schumer, not so much. And what happened when Trump, Donald Trump said, let's build that wall on the border? Guess who didn't back it? The Republicans. Do you really think the Republicans want border security? And please don't tell me about the neocons or this or that. As a group, the Republicans are opposed to border security because their friends at the U.S. Chamber of Commerce want an unlimited supply of cheap foreign labor, an unlimited supply of foreign students, and an unlimited supply of foreign tourists. And the Republicans are happy to accommodate them, as are the Democrats, because most politicians take money from the same organization. You have organizations that give money to two candidates running for the same office, not because they support the ideology of the candidates, but because they want to make certain that no matter who wins the election, they win the election. So when I see this nonsense, well, it's the left, it's the right. Yes, the left is worse than the right. I will agree. I will agree. The Democrats are worse, but only marginally worse. Why in the world do you think we barely have any ICE agents for the entire country? Do you think it's an accident? We've hired over 20,000 Border Patrol agents. We have 6,000 ICE agents. And the way that uh, George W. Bush put uh, ICE together, put DHS together, flew in the face of the Homeland Security Act, the enabling legislation that created DHS. In fact, I was at a hearing where John Hostetler, 
the then chairman of the House Immigration Subcommittee, and I've testified before that subcommittee numerous times, discussed how the way that DHS was cobbled together made it impossible to secure the borders or enforce the laws, the immigration laws, and protect Americans. At the time, John Hostetler, the chairman, is a conservative Republican. He was furious. He was on the right side of the argument. Of course, he's no longer in Congress. You have to wonder how that happened, boys and girls. But understand, the reason you don't have enough ICE agents is very simple. If you have enough ICE agents, they will arrest illegal aliens. They will find the employers who knowingly hire illegal aliens. They will go after the fraud. So guess what? They don't want immigration agents out on the street. They, the people in power, both parties, because you have lawyers on both sides of the aisle, immigration lawyers. Immigration lawyers, when they see illegal aliens swarming the border, they smile, they applaud, they cheer. They do cartwheels if they're capable capable, or looking at the physical shape of some of these wrecks. I doubt they ever did cartwheels. But those illegal aliens swarming the border have another name. And the name isn't undocumented. Nope. The name isn't unauthorized. Do you know what lawyers call aliens who enter the country illegally? They call them clients. Have you ever seen a lawyer turn away clients? What do you think the term ambulance chaser relates to? Well, how many members of Congress are coyote chasers? And coyote and street jargon in Mexico is an alien smuggler. Please understand what you're looking at. And if you go to the American Immigration Lawyers Association website, AILA, and you have members of Congress that are involved with AILA, both sides of the aisle, Democrats and Republicans, there they are. They are immigration lawyers, and when they leave Congress, and, and, and one in particular, and he's um, the chairman right now, is leaving Congress. He's an immigration lawyer. No doubt he'll be practicing immigration law when he leaves. So when, when they look at this whole situation, they say, wow, this is wonderful. When I leave, if we don't hire enough agents, we won't discourage people from coming here. Because if people get arrested frequently, lots of aliens are deterred. They say, oh, I'm not going to come. When Trump talked tough, the numbers of illegals coming across the border dropped precipitously. And as soon as Trump started to talk about the dreamers and we're going to help the dreamers, boom, the numbers shot back up to where they were. The illegal aliens, the smugglers, all these folks all over the world are paying attention. They're listening carefully. Their lives hang in the balance. When I was a new agent, we had a former New York City cop. Uh, We used to call him the Jewish redneck, Jack Stern, great guy. He'd been a Marine during the Second World War. He was a New York City police officer, and then he became an immigration agent. And he took us new guys way back when, under his wing back in the 70s. And I'll never forget one of the things Jack said to me. He said, Mike, never forget something. When a guy with a badge is chasing a bad guy, the guy with the badge is running for a paycheck. The bad guy is running for his life. Whether I arrest that guy or I didn't arrest that guy, I was going to go home, have dinner at home, sleep in my own bed that night. Not necessarily the case for the guy I was chasing. So please understand that illegal aliens and aspiring illegal aliens pay close attention to the words they hear from the politicians. And the words we get from both sides of the aisle, this is the fake argument. This is the nonsense. Well, we can't arrest 11 million, probably about 40 million. But, but don't say that. You'll scare the Americans. So keep saying 11 million. It's like a clown car. 
no matter how many come in, it's always 11 million somehow. Somehow. We can't arrest them all, so we may as well make them legal. And then the Republicans say, we're going to be tough. We're going to hold the line. We're going to give them permission to work, but they're not getting citizenship from us. And the Democrats yell at the Republicans, and they say, oh, you nasty people, how dare you? These people need to be citizens. Well, of course, the Democrats want them to be citizens because they want them to vote for them. And the Republicans don't want them to be citizens because they don't want these new people voting for the Democrats. But truth be known, I suspect that just like wrestling when I watched it as a kid, you know, we thought these guys were killing each other. They went out and had dinner afterwards. They sprayed ketchup on each other. But to me, as a nine-year-old, it looked like blood. The politicians have the American public swindled into believing that this is about whether or not we give them citizenship. That's not what it's about. It has nothing whatsoever to do with citizenship. Please understand that. It's about being able to enter the United States and move freely across our border with that green card, get a job, and so forth. That's the embedding tactic. Yes, citizenship is a home run. But very few of the 9-11 hijackers even tried to become citizens. The Tsarnaev brothers, yes, they, they applied for citizenship. One of them was a citizen. We can go down the list. Citizenship is absolutely the platinum ring. But a green card is the gold ring. And that's all they want is the gold ring. Or even permission just to be here and work for the average illegal alien. The average illegal who comes here doesn't come here necessarily looking for citizenship. The average illegal who comes here wants to work and send money home. That's it. Very simple. That's all he or she wants. Work and send money home. The Democrats and the Republicans are offering it. So now the, the distraction, should we make them citizens? No, we're not going to make them citizens. Yes, we are going to make them citizens. And meanwhile, everybody's forgetting something. They're here. They're working. They're displacing Americans. And they're sending hundreds of, or 100 billion or more out of our economy to their families back home. Their mission was accomplished. And the politicians from both parties have Americans bamboozled into joining this idiotic debate. Citizenship or no citizenship? Give me a break. I remember during one campaign, one of the politicians stood up at one of these town hall meetings over at Fox News, and he said, I'm tough on immigration. I will put those undocumented at the end of the line. And everybody stood up and started screaming and cheering. You would have thought that they were all been given new Ferraris, the end of the line. And then afterwards, they went around and Polster did, you know, with the microphone, and he's got these purple and green and orange lines on the chart. It looks so official. It looks like a cardiogram. Meanwhile, I'm having a stroke watching his idiotic lines go up and down and down and up. And he says, well, what did you like about what the candidate said? He said he's putting them at the back of the line where they belong, and I'm all for it. I'll vote for him. He's going to put them at the back of the line. Back of what line? For ice cream? For pizza? Back of what line? People seize on this word. It's a raw shock using words instead of ink. Put them on the back of the line. Yeah, we're tough. And what are they going to do while they're on the back of the line? Well, they're going to work in the United States. Maybe they'll have permission to bring their wives and kids here or their husbands and kids here. And they're going to get to send money home. But they're on the back of the line. Back of the line for what? Citizenship? They don't want citizenship. Do you understand the swindle? And it's kind of upsetting to watch adult Americans acting like a bunch of children being given ice cream. Back of the line, back of the line. That's the war chant, you see. Put them on the back of the line. No citizenship for them. No ice cream for them. 
They don't want citizenship, folks. They just want to be able to work, not have to look over their shoulder. And by not hiring enough immigration agents, they're not looking over their shoulder. I spoke to a counsel from the Democrat side of the party of the, of the argument. And he said to me, you know, if you want to get legislation passed in Washington, you have to compromise. That begins by not hiring immigration agents. I said, why? Oh, are you kidding? Do you think anybody from either party wants to see agents running around arresting people? Go after the employers. Find the employers. Well, of course, the Democrat says that because it sounds good. It sounds like, you know, they're getting tough with labor. Both sides of the aisle have an understanding. No matter what happens, don't hire immigration agents. Whatever happens, don't deport the aliens. Whatever happens, talk about how impossible it is to enforce the law, how the only choice we have is to give people that come here illegally lawful status. And what you're doing is rolling out the red carpet for desperate people from around the world who have now been told that if they come here, there will be no effort made to send them home. See, if you send them home, all the risks they took, all the money they spent goes out the window. You know, it's like taking a long, long, long drive and you get to the mall and you find out that the mall is closed. Why did you buy the gas and pay the tolls and drive for five hours? Why didn't I call up and see if the mall was open before I came all the way out here in the snowstorm? See? So we're telling the potential illegals, the aspiring illegal aliens from all over the world, that if you come to America, our politicians are convinced that there's just too many of these folks to do anything about it. So we'll just have to figure out some way of giving them permission to work. Why do you think so many people fled across our borders? Because both parties are having a debate, and when the aspiring illegal aliens here the two possibilities and it comes down to whether or not they're going to get citizenship why wouldn't they come here why wouldn't they come here and you only hear this bs where immigration is concerned i can assure you think about this there are many more people who have driver's licenses and cell phones than there are illegal aliens in the united states So obviously going after people who text while driving is a much more difficult task than arresting illegal aliens, right? There's so many more people. So you you turn around and what do you say? You you say that, um, that you turn around and you say, look, there's just, there's just no, there's no, there's there's no way of, uh, um, there's just absolutely no way. Forgive me for that, folks. I don't know why this is doing this. Okay, so there's just no way of um, of dealing with those numbers of people with drivers. Well, that was a strange thing to have a phone call on my other line while I'm having this uh, program going. Forgive me. Sometimes things happen we have no control over in our lives. Um, so, so here is the problem that we're actually facing. Please understand it. The problem we face is that it's not that there are too many illegal aliens to do anything about it. It's that the politicians lack the will to do anything about it. When texting is concerned and driving, what do they tell you? If we catch you, you're losing your license. We're taking your car. We're going to fine you. Maybe we're going to put you in jail. Same thing with drunk driving. That's what they do. No one says, gee whiz, there's just too many people with driver's licenses and cell phones. We just can't deal with it. We have no choice. We just have to give up. No, no one says we're going to give up. 
Many more people file tax returns than apply for immigration status in the United States. Have you ever heard the IRS say, oh, there's just too many of those damn applications, those, those tax returns coming in. We can't do anything about people that lie and cheat and swindle. No. What they do is generally a week or two before tax day, they round up a bunch of tax cheats. They call in the newspaper people, and they show these people all handcuffed together being dragged into court doing the infamous perp walk. Why? To tell people, if you try to cheat on us, we're going to find you. Don't think we won't. and We're going to hammer you. You're going to jail. We're going to empty out your bank account. We're going to take your house from you. Don't even think of cheating. Where immigration's concerned, what do we hear? Oh, there's just too many people. We can't deal with all these people. Do you understand that this is something that I call immigration failure by design? And both parties are in on it. Both parties. Now, you have individual politicians who are trying to stand up to it, and they're getting hammered over the head. And one of them today is our president. Understand what's going on. So don't be deceived with this notion of who's conservative, who's liberal, who's left, who's right. It's irrelevant. Where does the individual candidate stand on the issue of immigration? And this is the most critical issue because it impacts virtually every other challenge and threat that we face. It impacts national security. It impacts public safety. It impacts education. It impacts health care. It impacts wages and working conditions and critical infrastructure. It impacts everything, even impacts inflation. When too many people are chasing too few uh, resources, whether it's water, whether it's gasoline, whatever, prices go up. So it causes inflation on the average consumer. Now, the good news for the corporation is you flood America with lots of workers just by supply and demand, you drive down wages, and then add to that people who are so desperate and so accustomed to lousy wages and lousy working conditions that that becomes the new norm. There is an army of kitchen workers in New York City who are here illegally, and guess what? Guess who benefits by New York being a sanctuary city? the owners of the restaurants that hire the illegal aliens to work in the kitchens. That's who's being shielded. Guess who's also being shielded? Human traffickers. You want to make a case against human traffickers? Arrest aliens who are smuggled into the country and get them to cooperate, give them permission to remain here. I did this for a living for 30 years, folks. And you can go after the human traffickers. But if ICE agents don't have access To the smuggled aliens, they'll never know who the smugglers were. And I have to believe that the mayors of sanctuary cities are happy with that because the restaurant owners are thrilled to death that they only have to pay people a couple of dollars under those conditions in the kitchen. When I was a kid, I worked in the kitchen of a restaurant, as did most of my friends. That's how we made our first jobs. Our first couple honest dollars, you know, went on the path to mainstream economic America. Today, kids have a hell of a time trying to make an honest buck if the jobs that used to be the jobs that we took during summers or weekends or whatever are now being taken by illegal aliens. So there's fewer opportunities for kids to join mainstream economic America, particularly in America's tough neighborhoods and among American minority children. It ripples through the economy. And then I wrote this article for Front Page Magazine, frontpagemag.com. I'm very proud that I've been a columnist uh, for Front Page for quite a while, several years now. David Horowitz, uh, David Horowitz Freedom Center, 
runs the Front Page Magazine website. Uh, David does tremendous work. I'm proud to be affiliated with him and the um, Freedom Center. And my article was um, Jihadis and Drug Cartel at Our Border. And what I wrote about is what is actually happening in Mexico. Last year, believe it or not, it's estimated that 29,000 people plus were killed in Mexico, 29,000. Why on earth would you not want to do something to shield our border from that crime and corruption and drugs and violence pouring into the United States? It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. As a homeowner, if the police tell you that they're looking for somebody who's armed and dangerous, you double, triple lock your door. You don't go for long walks, you know. We're looking for a bad guy. You lock your door. You circle the wagon. Think of that old expression, right? Create a border by circling the wagon. Isn't that what they did in the Wild West when they were under attack? Circle the wagons. And here you have the anarchists saying, oh, come one, come all. We don't even care. They've been letting, if you've been looking at the news, They've been letting MS-13 and other violent gang members out of jail rather than have immigration take them off the street. So they'll kill some more people. Hey, they got to do something to stay busy. Think about it. And who's the most likely victim of the violence perpetrated by transnational gangs, whether it's MS-13, the Russian mob, Asian organized crime, the Jamaican drug posses, Middle Eastern gangs, doesn't matter, the European gangs. Human nature is human nature. This isn't about Latinos. That's another disgusting lie. The Latino voter wants open border. No, he doesn't. No, she doesn't. I don't care what your flavor is. I don't care what your religion is. If you are rational, whether you lean left, right, center, uh, whether you, you, you pray or you don't, I don't care. Everybody essentially wants the same thing from our government. They want the military to keep America's enemies as far from our shores as possible. They want the police to keep the streets safe, the schools to educate our children, and they want to know that anybody willing to work hard and study hard and benefit maybe from a little bit of good luck thrown in for good measure, that any American, irrespective of what I call the superficial factors, race, religion, ethnicity, gender, any American can write the next success story, period. Who in their right mind says, oh, I hope those borders stay open. I want my kids to go to school with gang members. I want my kids to have to dodge bullets on the way home today. How wonderful. He'll get exercise. She'll get exercise. Are you crazy? But that's the nonsense. If you want to appeal to the Latino voter, you've got to let in the criminals, the gangs, and the terrorists. Really? Honest to God, you believe that? That's a disgusting form of profiling and stupidity. And people fall for it, some, but increasingly fewer. And that's why you're seeing what you're seeing in California. People are looking at Governor Moonbeams and saying, what in the world are we doing? This thing is by not making a distinction between lawful immigrants and illegal aliens, think how humiliating and infuriating that is to lawful immigrants who spend years waiting to come here. They're all excited. We're coming to America. We're coming to America. I'm going to get my share of the American dream. They come to America. And people look at them sideways because, hi, I'm an immigrant. Now, when I was a kid, someone said I was an immigrant. You know, we, we invited them in for, 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 for dinner. Wow, they come to America. That's great. They want to be part of America. 
today when the word, people hear the word immigrant, they're thinking about illegal aliens because Jimmy Carter and these alleged journalists, some journalists, and the politicians from both parties are talking about the immigrants. We're going to protect the immigrants. If you're a lawful immigrant, you don't need protection from immigration enforcement. You need protection from the illegal aliens. You want to protect the immigrants? Get rid of the criminals in their communities. So they come here. People look sideways at them. And then the people they thought they got away from, the thugs, the criminals, the gangbangers, to their horror, they find out they're here. They followed him, them over. Now, what's dangerous about transnational gangs is they're in the position to do harm to the family members of people in those immigrant communities back in the home country if they don't cooperate with the thugs. It's a nightmare of unbelievable proportion. I confronted it when I was out on the street as an agent. I spent half my career with the drug task force. It was outrageous. And it wasn't as bad then as it is now, thanks to George W. Bush, Bill Clinton, Barack Obama. It doesn't matter. The globalists. The globalists. But if you look at what's going on in Mexico, when you look at what's going on in Latin America, my article is all about it. Please go to frontpagemag.com. If you like my article, please post it on Facebook or other social media. The same thing with my radio show. I want to get as many people as possible to understand the nature of the threat that we're facing. Because please understand that if you look at what is happening in Mexico, you have terror training champs in the tri-border region of Brazil. Hamas, Hezbollah, they're clients of Iran. They're clients of Iran. And Iran is flying their their Quds forces, their shock troops, if you will, into Venezuela as a matter of routine. Latin America is saturated with men from the Middle East. And it's not difficult for Mohammed to morph into Miguel. If you stay in Latin America for a few years, you learn the language, you wear the appropriate clothing, you become familiar with locations and so forth, it's not that difficult for somebody to come across the border and claim to be from Latin America when in reality they're here from the Middle East. It's a difficult situation. And I can tell you as an agent, I've sat across the table from people and I was stumped as to where they came from. So understand the risk that this exposes us to in terms of terrorism, in terms of crime, the impact it has on American jobs. And so let me reinforce a point that I started out with, the idea about left versus right. Breitbart just ran a story three days ago. So here's the headline. Fasten your seatbelts. Dreamers are among our best and brightest Coach, uh, Koch brothers to push amnesty with seven-figure ad campaign. Now, please don't tell me that the Koch brothers are liberals or Democrats. They aren't. They aren't. The Koch brothers are gazillionaires, and they're going to spend millions of dollars on a program that they refer to as the Libre Initiative. Libre meaning freedom. Yes, they want to free up Americans. They do. Their goal, apparently, is to free up Americans from having to schlep to a job every day. How do you do that? You get them displaced by foreign workers. That's how. The Dreamers is the biggest scam that I think I've ever witnessed since I've become involved with the U.S. government. This is a scam to end all scams. This is a scam that eclipses Bernie Madoff like you wouldn't believe. And most people don't realize it. 
So let me give you a quick background, and this is what the Koch brothers are, are backing, a massive legalization program for unknown millions upon millions upon millions of illegal aliens. And you're probably saying, what is he talking about? How many children could there be? Well, the whole thing is a scam. Now, if you've been familiar with my writing, familiar with the program, you probably know pretty much what I'm going to say. So bear with me. I hate to be repetitious because I know that there are more people listening today who aren't familiar. So let's lay this out. The Reagan amnesty fired up everyone's expectation around the world that sooner or later it would happen again. The first effort was comprehensive immigration reform. And I wrote an op-ed for the Washington Times wherein I came to call it the Terrorist Assistance and Facilitation Act. Senator Sessions back then in 07 liked it so much he quoted me from the floor of the Senate on three or four separate occasions with attribution. And I had testified before three hearings in the House and one in the United States Senate about comprehensive immigration reform. So we're going to take people who came into the country illegally and give them lawful status, provided they entered by a certain date and they could prove this and they could prove that. The proof is nonsense. There are so many people that there are no interviews, no field investigations. This is an open invitation, a red carpet invitation to fraud. You know, when you get on an airplane, if you are the first class platinum, super duper gold with oak leaf clusters, use the red carpet. So you other idiots, wait till they close that thing. And you, it's almost a comedy routine if you've flown, right? The red carpet, you get on the same airplane. But, you know, the, the people that are gold plus, then they have all these, you go on the red carpet. This is the red carpet for fraud. Why? No interviews, no field investigations, too many people. What most people don't know, and I was an adjudications officer for a year, so I know how that job works. If you're told, clear up the backlog, and everyone loves to hear that. Be honest, especially conservatives. We're going to make government productive. Clear up the backlog. Make those bums work. I know. I've heard it. Okay. The easiest way to clear up the backlog, approve the application. You can do an approval in 15, 20 minutes. You get out that approval stamp, and you, you work it to death. Sooner or later, you need a retread because, boom, you approve it and nobody complains. You approve it and everybody smiles. You approve it and nobody files a, um, um, a challenge to that approval. They don't appeal it. Why would you appeal getting a green card? That's the name of the game. So they're going to approve them, and the line moves quickly. Now, if you don't approve it, now you have to figure that that alien is going to get a lawyer. They're going to file an appeal. They get to drag this into court. God help us all. So to deny an application, you're probably going to need an investigation done. Lots of luck finding an agent. There aren't any. Remember what I told you. No agents. Lots of luck. You're whistling in the dark. Then they've got to write a report. That takes time. Then you have to write a formal denial incorporating the information in the report. And then you take the whole package to the attorney's appeal. They're going to have to defend this. That takes days. It could take weeks. Meanwhile, the applications are coming in like a snowstorm. So if you dare to try to deny more than maybe one or two applications every few months, you might as well be shoveling a blizzard with a teaspoon. Your goal is get rid of the paper, get rid of the snow. We don't care where you put the snow, just get rid of it. We don't care what you get rid of those applications, approve them. Immigration fraud, let's go back to it again. The 9-11 Commission warned us that that was the key practice of the terrorists to embed themselves hide in plain sight. This is madness. This is a prescription for a national disaster. So 
comprehensive reform, couldn't get it through. Jeff Sessions was kind enough, I'm looking at it right now, sent me a wonderful certificate um, in which he said that he believed that his ability to quote me from the floor of the Senate during the floor debate enabled him to convince enough of his colleagues to vote down bad legislation. So you would have thought, okay, they voted, no, it's done. Not so quick. They tried again, didn't work again. So then Obama comes along, and what does he say? Congress failed to act. What did they fail to act? They voted no. That's not a failure to act. Again, it's a lie. Congress, and everyone knows. Remember how Obama used to say that? Everyone knows. No, everyone doesn't know. So Congress failed to act, so I'm acting. A year earlier, he said he didn't have the authority to do this. But he decided, what the hell? So he gives all these illegals, almost 800,000, temporary permission to work in the United States. And if you look at the 9-11 Commission report, that's the kind of program exploited by the terrorists. And so Obama does that, and the election comes and goes. President Trump says, I'm not going to allow this. I'm going to deport the Dreamers. And there's riots and people saying they're screaming and ranting and, and, and threats of violence. The aliens hiding in the shadows came out from the shadows, kind of like Groundhog Day, I guess, and demonstrate every year. Maybe it's a new version of Groundhog Day for illegal aliens. They're hiding in the shadows except when they're rioting and carrying the flags of other countries. you got to love this. So the dream is, is really an end run around comprehensive immigration reform. So we wind up with DACA. Right? Everyone knows what DACA means, maybe because it rhymes with caca. Well, DACA is actually the DREAM Act once again. Now, here's again a bit of um, interesting use of language. We've been told don't use the word alien. Remember, I started talking about that this evening. Terrible word. They're undocumented. They're unauthorized. Don't say alien. The A in DREAM Act, the A in DREAMers is alien, alien minors. Suddenly, the word alien became palatable. Why? Because they could use it to further this narrative about these poor people. Now, if you ask most people how old the dreamers are, how old the DACA kids kids are, and you listen to the news reports, including Fox News, what do they say? Oh, this is legislation for aliens who are brought here, or no, immigrants who are brought here as children. Not necessarily, folks. Because they could be as old as 35 in the DREAM Act, 31 when Obama did it. So anybody who was 31 back when Obama did that in 2012, I believe it was, could now be in their mid-30s, mid-30s. So how do we know when someone entered the United States if when they entered the country, they ran the border? No record was created of their entry. There's no way to interview all these people. Forget about field investigations. So what do you think is going to happen? The opportunity presents itself to lie about entry data, to lie about your real ID. When Ronald Reagan gave us the first amnesty, the first estimate we were given, and I got this from people who came in from Washington to brief us, we believe there's a million, a million and a quarter. They were squishy. That was how many illegals were going to come out of the shadows. By the time the amnesty of 86 was done with, between three and a half and four million aliens came out of the shadows. So now... You have all kinds of numbers. How many illegals are in the country? 11 million, 15 million, 30 million. 
No one knows. Nobody knows. And so now you have the Koch brothers saying, we're going to support the dreamers. Because what they are hoping, and I can assure you, this is what they're looking for, is that we could wind up with 10, 20, 30 million aliens getting amnesty. Because ostensibly, they came as children. Why not make it that any alien who was born at a young age qualifies? It's about as dopey as this gets. Because once again, the American people are falling for the lie. They came as children. The word they're leaving out, critical word, claim that they came as children. If you can't verify the entry date, it doesn't matter. It's like, you know, if you ever watch the movies or read anything about the speakeasies and prohibition, you know, you'd knock on some basement bar door, bang, 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 bang. You had a secret knock. You had to knock three times, five times, whatever. And the guy would open up a little slot. Charlie Jones sent me. And they'd open the door and let you in. Well, that's what immigration has turned into. Because if they do this, and again, the news reporting, there's pressure on both sides of the aisle. A bipartisan screwing is about to be undertaken. That's what this is. When they talk about bipartisan, hold your belt. We're talking now about giving all these people lawful status without being able to verify when they came here. The magic word isn't Charlie sent me. It's I came when I was 15. I came when I was 13. And you give the appropriate year so it matches your date. Take out the calculator. Figure out what you – and you make that claim. And that's what they're pushing for. And the U.S. Chamber of Commerce standing shoulder to shoulder with the Koch brothers, just like Soros. Everyone talks about Soros. Well, Soros wants this to happen, too. So believe it or not, the Koch brothers and Soros want exactly the same thing. Opposite ends of the political scale, folks, left and right. Both sides want a massive amnesty program to flood America with God knows how many millions of aliens, some of whom aren't even here yet, I can assure you, but will happily lie about it once they come by sneaking across the Canadian border, the Mexican border, stowing away on a ship so there's no record of their entry, and they can claim they came here 25 years ago when they came here 25 hours ago. But no one ever talks about it. And watch the news. When there's a military story on, there's no shortage of former generals and commandos and Navy SEALs and you name it, they're there. Story about the space program, no shortage of former astronauts and astrophysicists and scientists. Story about cancer. Well, we've got the biologists and the doctors and the oncologists and the DNA. They're amazing, the geneticists, they're all there. If there's a kidnapping, an FBI profiler who just retired comes on. If there's a murder, no shortage of retired detectives. When the story turns to immigration, forget about an immigration agent coming on. Oh, no, 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 no. We can't have that. So they'll bring in a radio talk show host. They'll bring on a pollster. What does that mean? Or a political consultant. Boy, I'd like to know what the qualifications are to be a political consultant. And they come on and talk about it. And they start to talk about the Latino voter. And they spew all kinds of nonsense that makes no sense to anybody. And by the time the segment ends, nobody knows anything except what the media wants you to know. What the Koch brothers and Soros and the U.S. Chamber of Commerce 
and the American Immigration Lawyers Association and La Raza and Mecha and LULAC, what they want you to know. What do you know? They came as children. And they're the best and brightest. Nancy Pelosi stood on the floor of the House of Representatives and described the dreamers as the best of the best of the best of the best. Really? What does it take to be a dreamer? Do you know what it takes to be a dreamer, folks, when you boil it down? You have to be an illegal alien. So you have the former Speaker of the House of Representatives, a woman who at one point, and she's hoping to do it again, God help us all, wants to be in the succession to the presidency of the United States, describe dreamers as the best of the best of the best of the best. And what's the bottom line that identifies dreamers? They are illegal aliens who may be lying and claim they came as kids. That's all it takes. That's all that it takes. doesn't talk about education, language proficiency. They are the best of the best. of. The, and I heard this. And I said, who in their right mind could listen to this, have a stomachache or a headache or, or, or want to scream and do the twists and shouts? So now what was the headline at Breitbart, folks? Let me read the headline again. These are the Koch brothers. These are the Koch brothers. Breaks my heart to have to read this. It infuriates me. Dreamers are among our best and brightest. A bunch of them have been found to be gang members with criminal convictions, but they are our best and brightest. And the Koch brothers are putting the money where their mouths are. They are whipping out that checkbook, and they're going to send millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars to make sure that these illegal aliens who are much better than Americans because they hate Americans because Americans expect living wages. God help us. These are the best. We need them. We don't need you. We're going to displace Americans with foreign workers. We're going to get those wages down one way or the other. Those Americans, they demand too much. They demand too much. Never mind that we have American kids living in poverty. If you look at some of those neighborhoods where America's minorities live, if you call it living. I was on those streets for years doing drug investigations, firearm investigations. I couldn't wait to get home at the end of the day. Buildings with no heat in the wintertime, no air conditioning in the summertime. You walk into an apartment and flip on a light switch, and you're treated to something that we used to refer to as the moving wall. Yeah, moving wall. There's so many insects in the apartment that when you flip on the light switch, The bugs all scatter on the walls. You can't even tell what the color of the paint is because the insects cover the damn wall. It looks like the football stands with the fans doing the wave. That's how these kids are living. No opportunities for for a decent job to get started, to, to begin to build a resume. You know, the old problem, you can't get a resume without a job, but you can't get a job without a resume. These kids are SOL, out of luck, okay? Because they don't have the opportunities. So very often they wind up having minor scrapes with the law to get a couple of bucks together so they can take a girl they like to to go out and get some pizza or go to a movie. I'm not turning social worker, but let's understand reality. We can be as, you know, ridiculous about this as we want, but that's the truth on the street. So when they see a guy with a badge headed their way, they don't see a friend but an adversary. So the cop gets raised up because the kids react to them in a hostile way, and we're off to the races. But nobody wants to talk about this. And when I've tried to confront members of Congress from both political parties, 
including members of the Black Caucus, they don't want to have that conversation because they're too busy taking money from the U.S. Chamber of Commerce and the Koch brothers and Soros. That's what's happening to America. Sold out. I wrote an article a while back. I called it the fencing of America. Not that fence. You see, a fence in law enforcement is somebody who sells stolen property. Our country, folks, is being stolen from us and being sold by the politicians to the highest bidder. That qualifies those politicians as fences, you see. So please wake up. Please think through this. Don't look at some candidate and say, oh, there's an R after his name. He's a good guy. Or there's a D after her name. She's a good cat. No. Look at where they stand, particularly on immigration. And don't listen to this nonsense about there's too many here and all this other garbage. And we're only going to give them, you know, permission to work. They're not getting citizenship. Folks, that language, that argument is designed to obfuscate the truth. That argument is designed to confound understanding of the issue. Everyone has become distracted, being promised that the illegals are going to be put at the end of the line, but no one ever asks the line to what? The line to what? Um, We need to wake up, folks. And that's why I do this program. And I hope that if you like the show, that you will tell as many of your friends and neighbors and colleagues about it. Um, Look at my articles. Read them. Pass them along. Again, please make use of social media, any way that we could spread the information. I call it my bucket brigade of truth. Please go to frontpagemag.com. Go to the social contract. Occasionally I I post articles for Newsmax. And certainly go to my website, michaelcutler.net, and uh, get everybody involved. You know, the elections are coming. They're coming quicker than we can imagine. These are critical elections, folks. There's much hanging in the balance We need to get the candidates who truly represent the best interests of America, and especially Americans. I thank you for joining me this evening. And uh, I just want you to all remember what I always like to say at the end of my programs. I want to remind you that democracy is not a spectator sport. Please get involved. I'm counting on you to help me out here, to help all of us out here, because it's not just about us. It's about our children. It's about our children's children. As I say, join my bucket brigade of truth because democracy indeed is not a spectator sport. We'll see you next week. Have a great weekend, everybody. Good night.